This is Business Therapy, healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Di Hansen, management consultant, and with me co-host Christine Salvo, therapist, advanced certified mediator, and certified hypnotherapist. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, you know, our guest this week really inspired us to talk to you about the thing that, you know, really kind of drives all of humanity, and that is storytelling. Um, personal storytelling, business storytelling. Storytelling is the way we connect, and storytelling is the way that for eons and eons, our history was passed down just through storytelling. Yeah, for sure. So so that episode that we recorded was really inspiring in the way of really bringing back the value of our human story and how our human story is more than just words. It's more than words put together. It's more than lessons. It really gives people a glimpse into our essence, into why we think the way we think, what we like the way we like, and what's been passed down, you know, so many of us have these funny quirks that unless, unless a story's told, we don't even know we have that in common with a loved one or shared one, right? But it, it's through story, it's the power of story that connects us, that makes us human, that, that brings that true, raw, real story out in front where we can all connect. And I know several of our guests on this on this show, you have met Christine when they started to tell you their story and they're you're like, hey, you need to be on our show. Oh yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> like on a very regular basis, I'll just meet people and and the minute I get to know who and what they are and what they're about, I'm like, you know, please share your story with, you know, my audience. And Absolutely. make it your audience, right? And and just hearing the uniqueness, I mean, there's a lot of things we share in common as human beings, but there's a lot of things that do kind of make us unique and that sometimes we do feel kind of weird or strange or isolated and alone. And through storytelling, that helps bridge that gap of you might be kind of weird or whatever in your own way, but there's probably 250,000 people or more that can relate to you, that can connect with you, that need to hear what you're about to say because they feel that way too. Exactly, exactly. And and utilizing the story, one thing we were talking about in the episode that we just uh, recorded was utilizing that story as a part of your hero's journey to really help people connect with what you bring to the world, whether it's art, whether it's business, whether it's a passion that you, you just want to be an advocate for or a whole social movement story is so incredibly powerful but i was left with one nagging question and that's how do you discover that story that connects with that value of what you want to tell the world and it's it's so it's such a complicated process. And I remember um, I was at a at a conference um, called Experts Academy, and um, one of the challenges was to tell your story. And there was a countdown clock going on, and you were in with a group of people, and you're you're telling the story. And and it was interesting because the story that I started with at the first round and the story that I ended up with was entirely different because as I started seeing um, 
you know, just, you know, when I was forcing the story and when the story just flowed out of me because there was a true connection there. So um, I, I think, and what I wanted to challenge our, our business owners to do is, is really look at, you know, what's your, what's your brand story? You know, what's, what's the story behind your brand? And, and if it seems a little bit like it's not connecting, maybe because it's because your story is different. Well, and also narrowing down which story you want to tell, you know, as human beings, we accumulate stories regularly, daily, sometimes, you know, there's times in our lives where we go through rapid cycles of change, progress, challenge, and other times where it might be a little more ebb and flow, it might be more quiet. So picking the story is important too, because I don't believe we have a singular story. It's almost like topic driven, right? Like what's your business story or what's this business story? Because maybe you have multiple businesses. <laughs> what's your marriage story or what's this marriage story? Because maybe you've had multiple marriages. So really being able to dial it in and be specific about our stories and which ones we tell for the relevance of our audience as well. Absolutely. And, and during that episode, and I know you take notes during episodes, I was taking notes as well because it was pulling the stuff out of me. And, and just exactly to your point, sometimes, yes, you have many stories, but sometimes the story that you're telling isn't necessarily a, about that, that thing. So like when I'm, when I'm talking about, um, you know, my, my pain point of, you know, I, I just, get so sad when employees slip through the cracks you know they have something going on in their personal lives they have they're not meeting their key performance indicators and due to due to management fault or otherwise they slip through the cracks and it results in them getting fired leaving the company poor performance, all of that. And it really hurts. And it hurts because of a personal story where I slipped through the cracks. Um, and I can, I can connect that story. But that's not the story that I tell when I'm trying to encourage someone toward resilience. Because mm -hmm. that's a that's a different that's a different occurrence in my life. So, you know, really tailoring those stories to, you know, the the human effect the emotional effect of, of the story, because yes, we have many, many stories, but which one's really, really going to resonate? What stories, what stories do you tell Christine? You know, um, I don't tell a lot of stories because my work isn't really about me. Um, very rarely do I say something personal. And if I do, it's extremely intentional. <laughs> I do not go on, uh, kind of tangents or anything about my life, I'll say something intentional with purpose, with meaning. And then I usually check in with people and say, why do you think I told you that story? And mm -hmm. typically my intention is to provoke thought, to understand that, um, you know, they're being seen, they're being heard, they're being understood, that I'm not replacing their story, but that I can relate. And relatable mm -hmm. stories make us feel. So if I get out of a bad situation, you know that there's a possibility you can too. And when it's human to human, it's so important and valuable because so many of our inspirational stories come from almost a faraway place, Hollywood, authors, artists, people in places that most, a lot of average people don't feel like they can get close to. So a really easy, easy, easy thing for people to do is say, 
Well, that's easy for them. That's easy for you. How would they know? So the closer to home those inspirational stories are, the more real they are. If I know you, if I know your story, I've met you, I see your success now, and you sit down and you actually tell me where you came from and what happened, how you got here, oh my gosh, I can see myself in you. I can understand. I, I feel more related. I feel, I feel like there's a possibility rather than kind of looking to the big screen and the outside, which those stories are beautiful and they are very inspirational in a lot of cases, but sometimes they feel a little detached. So the more we can bring our personal story to our family, friends, our community, our work, that's great. So in a client session, I wouldn't tell my story. Um, on my website or on my radio show or on a creative outlet, I absolutely would. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I like how you said the storytelling doesn't necessarily have to be about you. It's about the connection to what what you're looking to elicit and promote in 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 the way of thought in the way of realized emotion things like that and yeah i i totally agree that's why sometimes you know i will just relay a part of a book and i know you've done this to us uh, as friends um uh, where you'll you'll send an excerpt from a book and that's a story and that's a story that promotes conversation promotes connection promotes um all sorts of of really good rich stuff between two people and and really that's the core of the purpose of story it's um to to pass down information and to promote connection to that information i i uh, just rewatched yet again moana <laughs> and in the beginning the grandma's telling the story <laughs> of of what happened and and the uh, the little babies are like screaming <laughs> about about the monsters and it's just it's that that generational pass down the connection the emotional connection um of that story um but it's also interesting how story connects you to you know as a simon cynic would say um your your why you know really connecting it to that that power of of the why behind your business to drive home um that that value piece is his book is uh, start with why and um he recommends that 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 story that why is your is your starting point with somebody absolutely so i pulled up this old note from this seminar i went to we went to the same one and i i would really actually like to share this because it's beautiful and i just reread it and i'm like wow i must have wrote this a few years ago just for right just for today so this one instead of knowing your why was about the i believe statement and so this uh, starts with and this is my personal stuff, so this isn't about anybody else. This is what I came up with in a seminar. So I believe we all have purpose, pain, dreams, expertise, and doubts, those things that hold us back. When I was 15 years old, I was living in a hotel because we were homeless. My parents were on drugs, and so was I. I was expelled from high school, and that's when my turning point happened. A teacher saw me, the true me. He said, why are you doing this? You're smart. 
Now, at this time in my life, I hadn't heard a positive thing said to me in probably two years. I was on a downward spiral. I was a difficult person. I was a difficult teen. I was really into some troublesome things. And of course, my environment reflected that back. You're wrong. You're bad. You're no good. You'll never be anything. I wonder how many of you listening just do things, even destructive things, just because you didn't know any better. Well, my life changed rapidly after that. I stopped hanging out with my friends, focused on school, and graduated high school six months early. I got out. I left generational poverty, domestic violence, and drugs. Can you imagine going to high school and having not one friend? Yeah, it was hard. And your life is hard, too. After starting college and not knowing what I was doing, I stumbled, fell, but never lost sight of my goals. I believe I was meant to struggle. I believe I was meant to do it all the hard way so that one day, maybe a day like today, I could stand or sit or have your ears in front of you and tell you you're not alone and you can do this. I believe we let the limits of others stop us, slow us down and deter us from living our highest self. It is our highest selves that make this world beautiful. It is you that makes this world beautiful and it is me too. And after, as a first-generation college grad, after 17 years of college, I worked full-time, raised two kids, and now have uh, my master's degree, and I live my purpose every day. My job is to bring people back to that which calls them, that lights them, their smile and their will to live, to inspire and to be an example that it is possible for me and you. I believe in love, life, and the pursuit of happiness. And wow, I, I, I wrote this back in, um, I don't even know what year it was. So at least five years ago. And that's so beautiful because I still connect with that so deeply today, maybe even more so after a global pandemic, maybe even more so after, you know, um, staying home for a year and really connecting to, to how lost it can feel, how easy it can be to get off track mm-hmm. and to still believe then my journey has purpose to help others and my stories do too. I don't typically use it through storytelling, but I absolutely use it through experience. So listeners, if that piqued anything in you, if you found anything true in that for yourself, I challenge you to write your own I believe statement with an I believe story. Be vulnerable, share some of yourselves, not not always the pretty parts. The pretty parts are nice to look at, but it's those real deep kind of vulnerable parts, those things that you don't really want people to know that typically connect us most. Those things we keep hidden or we're ashamed of. You know, it wasn't easy being a homeless high school student <laughs> and, and leaving all of my friends after getting expelled from school. But I'll tell you, it was worth it. To me, it, it, it was the right decision. And I do not regret one day of it. Beautiful. So that's a little bit about me. What about you? So it's funny, if you heard a little rustling around, it's because I just leaned over and I picked up my book because what I wrote in that particular workshop ended up in uh, my workbook, Creating Critical Opportunity. And um, I called it my mother, my inspiration. My mother is the most beautiful example of resilience in my life. I grew up understanding what make it work, as Tim Gunn would say, looks like. I learned from a very early age that circumstances and environments could change. 
but it was up to me to decide what was next. At age 46, after 25 years of marriage, my mother needed to divorce my father. Divorce is life disrupting on its own, but on top of the divorce, like many housewives, she also needed to find a way to make money. She had to reinvent herself from scratch. By age 49, she had done just that. She graduated from nursing school as an LVN. There's one tiny detail. She had me to raise. I was eight years old at the time. She made less than $6 an hour working in a local nursing home in our small town of Divine, Texas. No matter how hard it was, she made it work. A strong, independent woman, status quo was never an option for my mother. What was an option was making it work. Vienna sausages, sardines, crackers, cereal soup, and school lunches were the food of my childhood. No was a regular word in our household. It's a regular word in a lot of households where money is in short supply. I suspect a lot of children are hearing it now in relation to having playdates, getting new toys, and having big birthday parties. We couldn't afford a lot of the things a kid in the 80s would want. I wanted a new Cabbage Patch Kid. I got a used cauliflower kid minus the cauliflower from a garage sale. I wanted a rock tumbler that would make my rocks shiny. I commandeered an old board game dice cup and some watercolor paints. I always believe in the workaround. I believe this conditioning to get past the no made me who I am today. I thought differently. Fellow citizens of the world, we are being told right no right now in a big way, and it's not just about our toys. So how do we get around it? It's not about breaking the rules or endangering others. It's about thinking differently. One day, my church youth group was going roller skating, and I wanted to go badly. My mom looked at me with that regretful face that only comes from a mom who can't give their child the world and said, no, hon, I can't afford it for you. You can't go roller skating today. I'm sorry. Eight years of making it work had sunk in, though. I knew that no was just the first step. I also knew that hammering mom to say yes by crying, whining, nagging, and otherwise pressuring would just hurt her. Instead, I tapped my willful, resourceful, and creative nature to summon the courage to pick up the phone and dial. I proceeded to crack open the church directory and call everyone in church. I left no stone unturned. By the end of an hour, I had a ride to go skating, the money to go, I was fed, and I had a ride home. My mom was upset. I was stunned she was. She told me, wow, Diane, if you want something, you go out and get it, don't you? She meant it to be a criticism of my bad behavior. Now, as an adult, I remember an old 80s anti-drug commercial about marijuana. I learned it by watching you, Mom. I learned it by watching you. I realized from a very young age, I wasn't getting to yes that earned my success. It was the number of times I creatively got past the no. Each no was an opportunity for me. I mined for the gold in the rocky road of life. I did my best to keep my two feet planted in reality about my situation. Mom was poor, but she tried her best every day. I needed to try my best too. I didn't have a lot of money. What I did have was drive. I didn't let setbacks get me down for long, but I did have an emotionally hard time with it. As a preteen, I used to sneak cheese from the refrigerator for comfort, among other things, and became overweight. I struggled with that until high school, yet I still had my friends, my little tribe who would hear and give feedback, sometimes participate in my hairball schemes. I did everything from rent out my books for 10 cents a piece to make a little pocket money to selling greeting cards door to door to win a stereo. I celebrated my little wins and I learned from a mountain of mistakes along the way. So I guess you could say my critical opportunity method, or you prefer to add some levity to these crazy times, 
for opportunity has been in development for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So hearing a little bit about our own origin stories, I know for me, Diane, that that was really inspiring even to read my own words. How about for you? Absolutely. And and for me, it 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 didn't start with me and it wasn't about me. It was about my mom. You know, and um I remember when I um when I published this book, um I I I sent one to my mom and I tagged that page. And although I, you know, I wanted to have, I have a whole dedication page that says dedicated to my mama, Barbara Feltz, my favorite survivor. I tagged this page because, I mean, that's her story. And it's not necessarily one that felt great at the time. Um, it didn't feel great for her to be 46 and needing to divorce my dad. It didn't feel great. Um, one thing I left out of her story is she she got breast cancer when she was 50 years old. So the year after she had reinvented herself, she got breast cancer and had to have surgery. She has survived twice. She is my favorite survivor. So my story wouldn't even exist without her story. And... I just, it feels good to honor that story. And then also reading, you know, just kind of the back end of it, you know, it's, it's very affirming. So I would, I would challenge our listeners that, you know, as you're, you know, thinking about the, I believe and what you believe and your stories behind what you believe, you know, allow that to affirm you, allow that to really affirm you and help you become, um, you know, whatever your next level demands for you to become. Um, Christine, my story, the story that I heard about you is, you know, you are, are beyond resilient, but you, you transformed those hard times into deep, deep compassion. And, and that is absolutely beautiful. And our stories and your story, listeners, your story is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's really probably the most valuable thing we really have, you know, because when we share our stories, when we talk about our stories, and even when we connect with our own stories, you know, those, when I tell that story, it's very far removed from me. I haven't lived that life um, for a very, very long time. I don't plan to again. And so when I remember and I go back, I get to recount like, dang girl, you've climbed some mountains. And sometimes it's easy to forget that, you know, sometimes it's easy to go, well, I'm here now. And even since I wrote that, like you said, you know, you, since you wrote that, you've, there's things you can add. Um, at that time I had just gotten my master's degree. So I hadn't even gone through my internship. I hadn't had all those trials and tribulations. So more challenges came, more obstacles came, and there's still many more to come, but I still do truly believe I, I still stay committed to my belief statement, which has not changed that it's okay to go through the hard times for me and for you. And, and all of our listeners too. They, they help build a character. There is benefit to it. I always like to say, you don't grow through easy times. It's always the difficult times that we grow the most, whether we like it or not, whether we approve of it or not, whether we tantrum or not, whatever we wanna do, those are the times that are really gonna help you make those major life changes or, or choose those different things or make those hard decisions or really kind of dive into personal growth and spirituality. A lot of the times it's the hardest times, the most difficult times we go to that lead us to the most beautiful moments later. 
So my belief is, yeah, our story, but, but it's the true story, the real story, the authentic story that really helps us connect to change that world, to change this world, to change our internal world, the ones with our families, that extension benefit. But yes. first, owning our own story is important. There was many years I would not talk about my upbringing and how difficult it was because I thought that it reflected somehow on me as a professional, that I wouldn't be good enough or worthy or welcome or part of. And now I use it as my greatest asset. It is the reason I am successful. It is not something that hurts me. It's only something that helps me. And not only does it help me, it has the extension benefit to help others. Yes, I love how you're talking about extension benefits of the story because we can write our stories for us. But when we retell our stories, that story has this beautiful extension benefit, this beautiful ripple effect. And and my story, I, I recognize as I was reading it, actually included about four different stories. Like there was, there was the story about my mom and, and how she made it work. There's the story about the Cabbage Patch Kid. There's a story about roller skating. And there's a story about just being, having ingenuity and being a young entrepreneur. There's like four different stories in there. And there's the opportunity to expand and, and go deep and, and, and really, really connect. And um, to, there's a different extension benefit even to each one of those. The extension benefit of the last one is want to make something happen, find a side hustle and hustle it and and make it happen, right? But each each little piece had a almost a different moral of its own. So also, you know, when you're when you're telling your story, it's kind of mindful storytelling. Like what's the what's the extension benefit that you'd like to see? You know, what's the change that you would like to see in the world? And, you know, start to drive your story toward that, the stories that you choose to tell in a very mindful way, um, because I think that's when we get the most extension benefit, when we're very aware of the receiver of the story. Absolutely. So I'm hoping today for our listeners, that was uh, somewhat thought provoking, hopefully pulled on some heartstrings and helped you reconnect to parts of your own story, maybe parts that you've denied or shoved away or haven't thought of in a long time and recognize that it's all valuable. One of my favorite things to say in therapy is we can talk about trauma now because we already know you survived it. You're mm -hmm. here. You've already survived. Now we're just talking about it. Now we're just picking it apart, processing, doing what we need to do. But we have 100%. There's zero doubt that you survived that. You're here now. So we can talk about it, but we already know the ending. It was a good outcome. You're here. So I know we're talking about difficult parts of our story and you're here to tell the story. It means you've, you're already here. You've already lived through it from here. It's, it's just storytelling. It's, it's easy. It's processing. I'm not saying it's easy, easy, but I am saying you've already survived it. The hardest part is over, which means you got through it. You, you made it to the do. other side with tools, with no tools, you know, with, uh, you, you, with not knowing what you're doing, with stumbling or fumbling, whatever the case is, you already got through it. So try not to be afraid to hear your own story, tell your own story, own your story, and then share your story. Absolutely. This has been Business Therapy, healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Dye Hansen, management consultant. 
And I'm Christine Salvo, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mediator and certified hypnotherapist. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you.